You're listening to the Grace Covenant East Lincoln Audio Podcast. Uh, This morning we are concluding our series called Making Change. Hopefully by now, as we have walked through the last few weeks, you've seen areas maybe in your own personal finances where you would say, um, I need to make some changes in order to better steward the resources that God has given me. But before we go any further, um, I would ask, please, the Mahandros, that the two of you would stand up. And I just have two words for you. Too soon. (laughs) Too soon. (laughs) So let's see how many of you guys can remember what we've been talking about for the last few weeks. I remember week one, we talked about less is. Then we talked in the second week about third week. And today, and you guys have got this down, hopefully somewhere, like I was mentioning earlier, you've looked at your finances and you've recognized that, that maybe there's an area where that's true, where less truly is more. We, we looked at Ecclesiastes where it said one handful of tranquility is better than two handfuls of toil and chasing after the wind. Less truly is more. Perhaps you have understood in your finances that stress is bad. The Bible tells us that it is the the borrower who is a slave to the lender. Um, That's probably why it's called a master card. (laughs) Explain it to the person next to you. They they didn't didn't get... Okay, and so third week we we talked about what? That giving is is good. And and, and Jesus said that himself. It is more blessed to what? Than to... Jesus said that. And so today we're going to finish this up by talking about tomorrow matters. Um, I had an individual talk to me the other day and say, Pastor, when will we stop talking about money, please? And um, and, and, I, and I get it. I understand it. Um, then I went to a, base, a basketball game yesterday and, and it kind of put a little bit of a perspective and in, in, in what I think we're going through today. Um, this is a fantastic young man. He's in middle school, um, loves basketball. Um, he's very good at basketball. Um, unfortunately, he's surrounded by a bunch of individuals who maybe aren't as good in basketball. And so their record is 0-7. And, um, and, and so where he would be very frustrated, how many of you know that in seasons like that, there's so much that you can learn? You're, you're learning about leadership, aren't you? You're learning about how sometimes in life, when you fall, you got to get back up, how to handle adversity. How many of you would agree with me this morning that those are some big boy, big girl things that you're going to have to do the rest of your life? And so basketball really is just a medium for them to be learning some important lessons. I would say to us this morning that, that God is using the topic of finances as a medium to some deeper spiritual matters that he would try to draw out of us. And, and so that's why we've been walking through this. Um, as, as, as everybody can tell uh, by this, just you, maybe you've, you've, you've heard it on the radio or you've seen it on TV, uh, today's kind of a big deal, right? There's a little thing called a Super Bowl going on today. Um, there will be 71,795 people packing a stadium in Houston, Texas today to watch a game. And as if that 
weren't enough. There's going to be people like you and I on TV watching it. Um, upwards of 100, if, if last year's results are, are true for this year, over 114 million people in the United States watching the Super Bowl. Another 38 million around the world taking up to almost 160 million people watching one game. They said that there will be $2 billion spent today in Super Bowl-related consumerism. $2 billion. Now, how would you like to be that guy that straps on the uniform, walks out there onto the field knowing you've got all those eyes on you, all that money on you? Um, a little bit intense, right? But there's 92 players today, 46 active players on both sides of the field, who are going to take today as, as one of the biggest days of their life. But the reality is, this big day in their life that's happening today started years ago. This didn't just happen. This didn't just was created in a vacuum. This began years ago when they made a few decisions. Number one, they had a passion for the sport. They had a passion for the sport, which led for them to begin to dream about what that sport can mean in their life. And then they had to begin to walk in discipline to see that dream fulfilled. They had a, a passion. It led to a dream, which led to discipline. How many of you wake up in the morning and the first thought that you have that comes into your head is, man, I cannot wait to see how I can discipline myself today. <laughs> I, I'm just, I, I barely could sleep last night just thinking about it. I'm just going to like be disciplined in my eating and, and, and disciplined in my exercising. And, and, and we, don't, we don't like discipline overall, do we? Some people I know do like that. Um, I have a word for them. They're sick. That's what they are. They're just sick individuals. I don't get them. No, they're not. They're, they're, they're fantastic. But, but we have a, a, a desire. If we want to see something happen tomorrow, we got to be disciplined today. How many of you would agree with me that really tomorrow does matter? Tomorrow does matter. And so if tomorrow is going to matter, we need to be committed to discipline today. That's a countercultural idea. It's a completely countercultural idea. Because we live in a society of now. We want things now. We, tomorrow is there, but today is really what matters. We, we want it now. Um, I, I, I don't know how many of you have a, a smartphone or something where you, you, you do text messaging. Don't, you, yeah, te four of you know how text messaging. <laughs> so there's this new device and you, never mind. So it's, it's a tech, I'll text message my wife. Right. And, and so it, it sends it out and, 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 and then it'll show that it's delivered. Right. You can look at it. It says delivered. And then it'll say underneath that after it's delivered, it'll say red. Right. Like she read it. And, and if I don't see a bubble like soon, I'm starting to get annoyed with my wife because I want her to respond to me when. Now, doesn't she know how important I am? Doesn't she know how valuable my time is? And so I send her this, and, and like an hour later, I finally get a response, and, and then I get snarky. Anybody get snarky via text messages? Because you can be really tough in text. I'll tell you that. Things I wouldn't say to my wife up front, right, because she slapped me, I can say through a text because then I can just send flowers to her before I get home, and everything's fine. And so, but, but that's how we operate. We want things now. When I get my Netflix going, I don't want to see it buffering. 
How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? You want to watch the movie, and it's just like buffering, and this little thing, that like it's like this thing of death that's just going and going. You just want the movie when, not now. You want. I'm going to be the same way with Amazon. Like, it's not going to be good enough that Amazon will put my product into a truck. I want a drone. I want the drone to automatically, immediately pick up my thing, fly to my house, and I want my stuff when? Now. Life doesn't work that way, though, right? The things that are most important, those things that you most value in your life, they don't happen right now. Think about those things in your life that you really, really value. Things that you've really held up as an important part of your life. Maybe it was your education. Maybe, uh, maybe you, you, you really valued your education. You had to be disciplined, didn't you, to get that four-year degree? I mean, didn't, you wished it would happen in your freshman year. You wish you could get that degree right away, but it didn't. You, you had to invest. How about the same thing in relationships? When you want a deep relationship and a marriage and a great marriage, listen, that takes time, doesn't it? It doesn't happen right away. This is what I've come to find out. This is a statistic by CNN. It says 76% of Americans, because we want things right now and we can't save, and because we're not putting anything till tomorrow, 76% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. Meaning this, if, they're, if they were to lose their job today, there would be so much trouble. They would find themselves in a crisis mode. Hear me and understand this. There are many people that I know, hardworking, diligent, fantastic individuals who love Jesus and want to steward his resources well, who are living paycheck to paycheck. They're finding themselves in a situation where that's just the way it is. And so in no way, shape, or form is this condemnation to those who are doing that. But I would say this to you. There's probably a lot of people who don't have to live paycheck to paycheck, who are living paycheck to paycheck because of this right now mentality. Because they're living for the here and now. That they're not living for tomorrow and they're not making tomorrow matter. Proverbs chapter 21 verse 20 says this. That the wise have wealth and luxury, but the fools will spend whatever they get. They will spend whatever they get. And don't you know that our society makes it really easy to spend? I mean, it's not very difficult to spend money, is it? Um, I consider myself pretty young. Go ahead and say amen. Thank you. Um, it's, but even at my age, I can remember a time where if you wanted to buy something, you had to use this crazy thing called cash. Remember that thing? It was like green, right? How many of you even carry cash anymore? I, I know that often. Yeah, let me see. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, most don't, I mean, I know many times like when I go to the store during Christmas and, and they're out there ringing the bell, right? And they got the red kettle. I can't even contribute to it. You know why? Because I don't even have cash anymore because my debit card or my credit card now is so much easier. I just pull it out. I swipe it and I'm gone. In fact, things have gotten even easier than that. I went to CVS the other day and I didn't even have to bring my credit card. I didn't have to bring, my, all I had to do is bring my phone and I put my phone, it was weird like there was some wizard in this machine and I put my phone next to it and whoop, all of a sudden, I walked out, no receipt, no nothing. And this little thing came up here and it told me how much I spent. And I thought to myself, I didn't even feel the pain. <laughs> that was simple. Let's go to the Toyota dealership and see if it works there. <laughs> Daddy wants a Tundra. Right? 
But they, it's so easy to spend now. It's so easy to spend now. But the Bible tells us in Proverbs 21, 20, that it's the wise. It's the wise who have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whenever, whenever they can, whenever they feel like it. I can tell you this. I've made some foolish purchases. How many of you have ever made a foolish purchase? Yeah, if you didn't raise your hand and you're a man, you just lied. <laughs> You lied. We make foolish. Ask your wife. She'll tell you. She'll let you know. We make foolish per, per, um, purchases sometimes. Proverbs chapter 6, verse, uh, verses 6 through 8 says, Go to the ant, you sluggard. I don't know how you read it, but I, I read it like this. Go to the ant, you sluggard. I just, that's how I hear things. That's how my mind works. Uh, go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler, yet it stores its provision in summer and gathers its food in the, in, at the harvest. You know, one of the incredible things that I think God has done is this, is that God teaches us lessons through the beauty of his creation. Amen. I mean, it's all over the place. And if we would slow down to appreciate his creation, we will gain so much wisdom. I think we begin to follow in the steps of Solomon, right? Solomon was able to see creation, able to see how it pointed back to a creator and how that, that, that some of the principles for life can be found in creation. Well, look at the ant. I mean, there's nobody telling the ant to do this. There's nobody forcing the ant to save. And yet the Bible's saying, even creation's telling us that how important it is to save because, say it with me, tomorrow matters. Tomorrow does matter. Um, so what I want us to do is, if you would, we're going to go to Matthew chapter 25. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 25, and we're going to talk a little bit about the parable of the talents, or, or some of your Bible versions may say the parable of the bags of gold. And we want to take some principles, some principles, some financial principles from this um, parable and see maybe how we can apply this to saving for tomorrow because tomorrow certainly matters. So let's, let's kind of give you a general overview of it. There's these, um, there's a couple of servants that this, that this guy had. He had one servant, and the Bible tells us in verse 13 that he gave one five bags of gold. Then he gave another one two bags and another one bag. And the expectation was that there would be a return on investment. That the one that was given five bags should produce more. The one given two bags should produce more. The one that was given one bag, he himself should produce more. There should be a return on the investment. And it goes on to tell us that two of them did that. The one with the five bags and the one with the two bags did. But the one with the one bag did not. He didn't have a return on the investment. And there was a great disappointment by the one who had given it to him. Listen, let me, let me help you with something this morning. And maybe something that you haven't thought of. Um, and whenever I think like this, it really changes my perspective. Everything that I have, everything that I have is not mine. It's not mine. Not even this beautiful Cam Newton jersey. Can we just soak it in for a minute? Just the beauty of, never mind. Um, not even this is my, everything that I have, it's his. I've simply been given the privilege of stewarding his resources. And God wants a return on his investment. 
And so in this parable, we see that that's exactly what God wants. So we're going to talk about some investing principles. Investing principles. Let me say this right here, right now. I am a pastor, not a financial advisor. You do not want me in charge of your money. It wasn't that funny. <laughs> you know, I'm a pastor. I can give you advice. I can point you towards scripture. Um, but I think there's some principles that we can talk about as we wrap up in making tomorrow matter. Number one, do this. Don't invest in things you don't understand. If we're going to be wise stewards and we're going to make tomorrow matter, don't invest in things that you don't understand. Have you ever wanted to be um, in the middle of a conversation that you had really no idea what they're talking about? Let me give you an example. I was like 16, 17 years old. Some of my friends that I really liked were, were getting into cars. And I'm talking like car engines and makes and models. And, and I knew nothing about cars. And yet I wanted to be in the middle of the conversation. So sometimes they'd be talking about like which car is better, the 69 Camaro or the 69 Mustang. What's the right answer? Yeah. I said VW van. Because <laughs> I know nothing about cars, right? But I wanted to so be in the middle of the conversation. And I realized in time, listen, those things that you don't know, avoid. If you don't know about something, avoid it. And I think the same is true when it comes to our investing. We, if you don't know um, about it and you don't understand it, then don't get involved in it. Proverbs 24 Verses 3 through 4 says this, by wisdom, everybody say by wisdom, wisdom. a house is built and through understanding it is established. Through knowledge its rooms are filled with rare treasures. There's wisdom, there's knowledge, there's understanding that leads to a return on investment. You've got to really be aware. That's why it's so important that you have a great council of people around you who are financially, who can give great advice um, as far as finances go and, and, and to be able to walk in wisdom. Number two, put this down. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. (laughs) I've got experience with this one. Um, so how many of you guys have, remember back in 06 when the housing market was just like, yes, taking off. We lived in Las Vegas at that time and houses in Vegas were just like, I mean, you could not go wrong. So we had a house. We appraised it for $220,000. How many of you guys remember 08? (laughs) That same house that appraised for $220,000 that we said, we're going to put all of our investments right in this because you can't go wrong. And we're going to retire when we're 30. And we're going to like go to Disneyland every day, kids. It's going to be awesome. And then that $220,000 home sold for $60,000. That's what I said. (laughs) And other things. (laughs) But we had put all of our eggs in one basket. Listen to what it says in Ecclesiastes 11.2. It says, but divide your investments among many places, for you do not know what risks might lie ahead. Where were you in 08? Why didn't I? It was there. I just didn't read and I didn't listen to it, right? Don't you got to spread it out. Don't put it all in one. 
I've got the only other analogy that I can come up with for this is, 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 is as a kid, um, I grew up on a chicken farm. Poor me. Um, chickens, we had them in their coops, and they were like six feet above ground. And so chickens produce a couple of things. They produce eggs. <laughs> and they produce poop. <laughs> I was going to say manure. You said poop. So they produce both. And so as, 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 as the son of a chicken farmer, guess what my job got to be? <laughs> I'm, my dad's so sweet. Um, and so, yeah, it, it, it was. But here's what I found out about chicken manure, though. When it's in one big pile, you know what it does? It stinks. <laughs> Spread it out, though, you know what it does? It fertilizes. Things begin to grow. In, in one big pile, it does what? Stinks. Spread out, it does what? It, it'll stick with you all week long. I promise you. You're going to be thinking... <laughs> A chicken manure all week long. And I'm glad to say I did that to you. Okay, number three. (laughs) Write this down. Don't try to get rich quick. Don't try to get rich quick. I'm I'm sorry. I'm going to tell you the truth on something. Mark Zuckerberg is not trying to give you a million dollars on Facebook. (laughs) It's a lie. Um, You know, if, if, if there's a Nigerian prince somewhere, let him stay over there. Because he's really not going to give you any money. It's a scam. We can't get rich. Now, here's some statistics that completely floored me. Tell me if it does the same for you. Americans in 43 states where lotteries are legal spent $70 billion on lotto games this year. $70 billion. So break that down. It breaks out to like this. $230 $230 for every man, every woman, and every child in a household. $230. $500 billion is spent on wagers, betting, all year long. Five. How many of you guys have seen this? You can't have it. I'm going to win. <laughs> it's my retirement plan right there. No, it's not... You know, but you, you go you go into the girl into the you know uh, the gas station and all you're wanting to do is buy a Snickers, right? All you want is a Snickers, and then there's that person in front of you who's got like a thousand of these things and they're checking them, and you're like, dude, you're not gonna win on any of them. Just let me pay for my Snickers. These people people spend billions of dollars every year on this. You know why? Because they're hoping to catch lightning in a bottle. They're hoping that they're going to find themselves rich overnight. Today, four, in just today's game, today's game, listen to this. In, six, in about six, I don't know, about eight hours, this is what's going to happen. 4.7 B, with a B, billion dollars are going to be wagered on the Super Bowl. 4.7. In fact, last night I noticed that someone, I read an article, someone had put down a million dollar bet on the Atlanta Falcons. Million dollar I'm now, I wanted Atlanta to win. Now I really want the Patriots because I'm sick. That's how I work. I'm so, <laughs> isn't that wrong? <laughs> but, but people are trying to get rich quick, right? 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 9 says, Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people to ruin and destruction. Proverbs 13, 11, dishonest money dwindles away, but whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow. That investing, that little by little, little by little, little by little, it's not just wise financial advice, it's good godly advice. 
a little bit after a little bit. You can tell there's this um, question sometimes I saw on the internet, and, and, and it goes like this. It, it, it says that um, if you wanted someone to give you a million dollars today, or would you want a penny that doubles in value over the course of 30 days? What would you change? What would what would you choose? Most people would say the give me the million bucks, right? 90% of people answer it that they want the million dollars. But when you double the penny over the course of 30 days, you get $5.3 million. I did the math all myself. I, I, <laughs> no, I didn't. Um, but why? Because we want stuff now. We want to get rich quick now. And ha- the thought of having to wait, it's hard. <laughs> did you know that most people who win the lottery... Not most, there's a significant amount of people who win the lottery find themselves bankrupt within a year. Within a year. Because we haven't learned the godly principles of what God has told us to do with the stewardship of his resources. Now listen, we have talked at great length about finances. We've talked about making change and the importance of it. We've talked about less is more. We've we've talked about giving is good, stress is bad, and we've talked about tomorrow matters. But this is not about our finances. I want to move from our finances to our relationship with Jesus. The parable that we read here, while he uses finances, he's talking about something so much more valuable. Jesus is trying to speak to each of us about an investment that God has made in you. And that God demands a return on his investment. Think about that. God is demanding a return on his investment, and that's the investment that he's placed in your life. Did you know this? That Jesus is so good. (laughs) Not only did he die for you, not only did he rise again for you, not only did he give you eternal life through something that you could never get yourself, as cool as you all are, as many fantastic jerseys that are out there today, they're not great enough to get you into heaven. Jesus took care of that for you. That's why we have communion today, to remember that. But then he went a step further. Jesus went a step further. And he said, now that I've saved you, now that I've brought you into a relationship with me, now I want you to walk with me and impacting this world. He didn't just save you put you on the sideline and say, okay, you're saved. Now you stay there. I'll come back for you later. No, Jesus, you were saved. And God then began to deposit gifts inside your life. He began to deposit gifts inside your life that are unique to you and that nobody else has. And it's in every single one of you. Don't you ever make the mistake, ever make the mistake that you begin to believe that the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the anointing that will become upon a a person is for somebody else and that you yourself don't have it. The Holy Spirit has deposited incredible giftings within each of you. And here's, here's a sober reminder. He expects you to use them. He expects you that you would begin to walk it out that he would be able to use those gifts to impact this world around us it's a heck of an investment let me tell you why he wants you to do that because guess what tomorrow does matter tomorrow does matter i've had the opportunity the last couple of weeks to walk with some people through some really tough stuff and losing a loved one i'm going to tell you something today tomorrow matters 
The people that God has placed within your life, the relationships that he's placed around you that nobody else gets to have but you. He has sovereignly put you there and he has put gifts within you because for that individual, tomorrow matters. And if they don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, tomorrow really matters. And so my question to you is this. What are you doing with the gift that God has given you? What are you doing with it? Are you waiting for tomorrow to come and then you'll use it then? Are you waiting for next week? Well, I'll wait till I graduate from high school. Then God will begin to use me. Or I'll, I'll just wait until things slow down at work and then God will use me. I'll, you know what? When I retire, God is going to use me so much then. The reality is this. God is desiring to move in your life today. Amen. And so my question to you, my, 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 my deep question to you, is twofold. Number one, do you know it? Do you know that you've been gifted? Because you'll never use what you don't know that you have. If you don't know that you have it, you ain't going to use it. If I don't know that I've got a truck outside, I'm not going to go use that truck. I'm going to continue to drive that little silly Honda Civic. <laughs> when I have a truck. Big. <laughs> and guess what? You've got a gift within you. Nobody else around here has. To be used in a way that nobody else can. Number one, do you know you have it? Because it's not just for somebody else. Look at the person next this morning and say, you've got one. You've got one. You've got a gift. You've got a gift. My question to you now is this. What the heck are you doing with it? What the heck are you doing with it? Close your eyes. If we're going to make change, and yes, it's important to make change in our finances. I'm all for that. And I think that we've learned some really good principles. Man, the most fundamental change that you and I can make in our life is being available to be used by God in any way he desires to. Maybe there's one question bigger than that as far as making change. (laughs) Have you ever made a change in your life so much that you've recognized who God is? And that you've accepted him as your Lord and Savior? Have you made that change? Have you made the change that says, I don't want to live my life for myself, but I want to live my life for Jesus? Have you ever made the change that you stop trying to be perfect and get to heaven based on how good you are and a list of to-dos? Have you made that change that instead of doing that, you've just received the grace of Jesus Christ in your life? Maybe you haven't done that. Maybe you haven't made him God. Maybe you haven't made that change. Today's the day to make that change because tomorrow matters. So I'm just going to throw this out there to you. If you have not accepted Jesus, if you have not made him your God, if you're not living for him, let's make that change today. Would you just raise your hand because I want to pray with you specifically. If you have not made that change and you're saying, Jesus, I want you in my life, be my God, and I will follow you. Would you on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. One, two, three, go. So my question would be for the rest of us, it's this. The change that maybe you need to make today is the change to become completely totally 100% available that God would be able to do anything he wants to be able to do through your life that in no way would you hold back that in no way would you resist 
but you begin to live your life through a perspective that says, God, I am your resource. Use me as you will. God, I want to steward the gift that you have given me. I want to steward that well. And so maybe you've just kind of been on cruise control for too long and you have not used your gift, that God-given gift that's been placed deep within you that'll make an impact not just in our church, but in our community and in our state and in our nation. Maybe you've been on cruise control and today's the day to knock it off. And you want to commit to that. I just want to agree with you in prayer that, A, you've got a gift and that God would release it and that you would have the courage to use it. So if you're making that commitment today, on the count of three, raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise your hand. Cool. Cool. Every single hand that is raised within here, you have been given a gift and it's it's breathtaking. It's breathtaking. And so this is what we pray, Holy Spirit. I pray even now that those hands that have been lifted up in the sanctuary who are desiring to be used by you in a way that maybe they have not been used before, Holy Spirit, I pray you would begin to fan the flame within them. That that flame that's within them would turn into a raging fire. And that that passion to be used by you, that desire to touch people for your kingdom would rage and burn out of control until it just bursts right through them and it touches every life that they come into contact with. I pray, Holy Spirit, even now that the gifts that you have placed within them would come into their mind, even now as we speak, that they would see their gift and they would know it. Holy Spirit, reveal it to them. And Holy Spirit, I pray that they would not be able to remain comfortable on the sideline. That there would be such a discomfort on the sideline that they couldn't help but get into the game. Because Holy Spirit, they want more of you. They want more of your movement in their life. They want more of your presence in their life. They want to be moved by you for something that matters. And so God, I pray that over this congregation, that we would be a people used by you. And all God's people said, Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more visit us at gracecovenant.org.